Hi, welcome to Two Girls, One Journey. I'm Naya. I'm Gabby. Here we talk about all things kidney beans. And everything in between. Hi everybody, it's Naya, host of Two Girls, One Journey. Uh, With it being National Kidney Month, we are going to do an episode about what the kidneys are, how they function, and some of the diseases that they are susceptible to. But I want to preface, we're not doctors. We did a lot of research, and we will include those links in the description. We apologize for any mispronunciations. I mean, medical terminology is not the easiest, and we'll do our best to explain in the most simplest of ways. So let's get this started. Kidneys, right? Most people are born with two kidneys. There are times where there could be a malfunction, or perhaps one of the kidneys is not working, but you can totally live with one kidney. The things Gabby will jump into, talking about um, malformations and um, maybe like malfunctions at like birth and things like that what can cause that and like the names of those diseases so let's talk about what the kidneys are first and foremost kidneys are super duper complicated obviously we have kidney disease and we live with the disease so we've learned some things about it but it's pretty intense kidneys are actually loaded located in the thoracic area they lay just between the rib cage and each kidney is about the size of a fist um, that could be about four to five inches they have lots of functions i mean we're always taught in biology that they help just you know remove toxins through urine and such but really there's a whole lot more to that so here are some of the functions that we found when we did the research they regulate electrolytes salt concentrations potassium phosphorus magnesium all of that which are super crucial and if on dialysis, you know that you have to watch for that, especially while you're on hemo. They also help regulate the fluid within the body, and that also helps with blood pressure. It also helps with the production of hormones that affect the blood and the bones. Erythropoietin, EPO, EPO, it's a hormone that's actually produced in a particular part of the kidney. It helps stimulate red blood cells, so if you um, have CKD or end-stage, you'll probably be on the anemic side and your hemoglobin will be low because the lack of uh, EPO. And if you're on dialysis, you're given that. So also to note that one of the ways that the doctors test how your kidneys are function is by the creatinine, which is essentially the muscle waste and the acids that build up in the body. Um, another hormone that it actually produces is calcitriol, is a vitamin that's a vitamin D essentially, and it helps your body absorb calcium. So it makes a lot, a lot of things. Um, and then we all know about the adrenal glands that sit on top of the kidneys. Um, it produces a hormone called cortisol, which helps your body kind of respond to stress. And it's like that flight or flight response, I suppose. And the cortisol controls the metabolism, reducing inflammation and help regulating breath pressure. But we're actually gonna jump into the process of how the kidneys actually do all of this. We're gonna do it to the best of our capabilities. So just so you guys know, it's a lot easier to see it than to explain it, especially when you're not a doctor complete layman's terms, but essentially your blood flows into your kidneys through one of the largest blood vessels called the renal artery. It's filtered within like I believe the cortex of the kidney and those cortex have tiny blood vessels and then there's one in particular called uh, glomeruli and that's where a lot of the filtration happens and then what happens is the clean blood goes back through your body through a blood vessel called the renal vein and then what happens is like the waste, like the urine waste that goes ahead and goes into your bladder. And when you're ready to go pee pee, you go pee pee. <laughs> so that's kind of basically how I'm going to describe how the filtration process works. Obviously we'll go ahead and once again, we'll leave some better um, detailed videos and descriptions. There's plenty of things that can cause 
chronic kidney disease or even kidney injury that could maybe lead up to kidney disease or kidney failure. There's acute, there's chronic. Acute obviously means sudden, chronic means over long term hopefully gradually, but two of the leading causes of chronic kidney disease are hypertension and diabetes. So high blood pressure is one, the force of blood, how hard the force hits against your arteries and like the veins happens is like your systolic is a top number and that's when your heart is pumping outward and then the diastolic the number below that is when your heart is not pumping out. So um, that's the diastolic and the systolic. So before I jump into what the next disease is that causes chronic kidney disease is um, I should mention what insulin is. So insulin is a hormone created by the pancreas that helps regulate the glucose aka sugar in the blood. It goes into like the cells and that's how you get energy. Type 1 diabetes is when the pancreas does not produce any or produces very little. So the actual regulation of the blood is hard to achieve. And then type two is when your body can't process um, the insulin for two factors. You're possibly insulin resistant or you're not making enough insulin. Insulin resistant is basically when your body can't um, recognize or it doesn't process the insulin so the insulin actually stays in your blood and it creates an elevated blood sugar. Um, both are really hard to manage and both are are super scary and the fact is that it's just one of those things that unfortunately keeps increasing and you know it's in a whole other discussion that we should be having about that as well maybe we'll do a podcast on that later on and have maybe like a guest speaker explain like life with diabetes those are the two leading causes of kidney disease or kidney failure but the kidneys are so so sensitive. We're gonna go ahead and give the rest to Gabby where she'll go ahead and explain some of the diseases and some of the things that could, you know, cause kidney disease. So Gabby, take it away. Hello, my lovely kidney friends. It is Gabby here. As Naya mentioned, diabetes and hypertension are number one and two causes of chronic kidney disease. Causes could be inherited disease, kidney and urinary abnormalities before birth, and autoimmune diseases. Yes, like lupus, exactly. The third cause of CKD is glomerulonephritis, which is a group of diseases that cause inflammation and damage in the kidneys filtering units. Sometimes it can be inherited, other times it causes unknown. Infectious diseases can directly or indirectly lead to glomerulonephritis. Examples include viral kidney infections like hep B or hep C. They can cause inflammation. HIV can lead to glomerulonephritis and progressive kidney damage even long before onset of AIDS. Autoimmune diseases such as lupus, a chronic inflammatory disease, systematic lupus, erythematosus lupus can affect many parts of your body including your skin, joints, kidneys, blood cells, hearts, and your lungs. An inherited disease such as PKD or polycystic kidney disease is when clusters of cysts develop primarily within your kidneys causing your kidneys to enlarge and lose function over time. Cysts are non-cancerous round sacs that contain fluid and they vary in shapes and sizes. Having a PKD can also cause cysts to develop in your liver and elsewhere in your body, causing serious complications including high blood pressure, kidney failure, and sometimes even liver failure. Isn't that crazy how like PKD can spread to your liver and you're going to need like a liver transplant too? 
I think that's why sometimes there is that correlation yeah. between liver and kidney at the same time and then for diabetes pancreas and kidney i had no idea it's crazy to me crazy because the kidney is considered a smart organ which like you grow up thinking that your, your heart is a smart organ and like it is to a sense but like nowhere near your kidney and so now we'll talk about kidney and urinary tract abnormalities <laughs> before birth like i had so those are malfunctions that occur while the baby is still in the mother in my case i was born with a urinal obstruction that caused my kidneys not to form properly after having a stent placed I had a good enough function until it wasn't. Although more common in men over 60, urinal obstructions can affect anybody. Signs and symptoms of chronic kidney disease. Most people won't have any symptoms until their kidney function has, it says advanced, but I'm going to say progressed. It's a silent killer. It is, yes, literally. Um, you will feel more tired and have less energy. You'll have tr- trouble concentrating, poor appetite, uh, trouble sleeping, muscle cramping at night, swollen feet and ankles, puffiness around your eyes, dry, itchy skin, need to urinate, especially at the night. And like me and Naya said, you'll have kidney brain. Yeah, and oddly enough, I had all of that right before I went into the hospital. And we'll talk about in another episode, like my journey. It's something I'm still kind of sensitive about, but I'm definitely going to share. It's just, it's so crazy how I experienced all of that right before I went into the hospital. Yeah, Naya's journey is a crazy one. I mean, everybody's disease or everybody's journey with kidney disease is always crazy. And it's like how we all go through similar but yet different things. And so I can't wait for y'all to hear her story. Now we're going to talk about steps and stages and treatment for chronic kidney disease. If you notice any of the symptoms we listed, please talk to your primary care physician. Or if you're concerned, these are the steps that they will most likely take when you talk to them about your concerns. They will first check your albumin to creatinine ratio, which is a urine test. And albumin is a protein that shouldn't be found in urine, and it indicates kidney function problems. They will blood test for creatinine. This determines if there's too much creatine a waste product in the blood sorry to interrupt but i had protein in my urine for three to four years before my doctor told me to eat more protein more protein oh my god that makes me so like i'm not even a freaking physician and i can tell you like don't do that like that's not supposed to be there it's crazy. Learn about the lab values if you can or ask questions. And then they will also test the uh, EGFR, which is the estimated glomular filtration rate. The doctor will calculate your glomular filtration rate using the test results from the test and other factors like age and gender. The result of the GFR is the best way to measure your kidney level function and determine which stage of kidney failure you're at. Leading into that, there are five stages of kidney disease which are determined based on kidney function. This is measured by your GFR, which and that's a measurement of how well your kidneys clean your blood. Um, so in stage one, you will have mild damage to the kidney with normal function. The GFR is normally about 90 or higher. You just need to see a doctor regularly and discuss your current GFR can be managed with um, diet and lifestyle and medication changes. Stage two is mild loss of kidney function. And your GFR around here is usually between 60 to 89. And you just want to see a doctor regularly, ask them about your GFR, your function, see what you can do. Renal diet and start, you know, 
seriously looking at lifestyle changes. Stage 3A is a mild to moderate loss, and your GFR around there is usually 45 to 59. You are going to want to um, see a doctor, try to see a, um, a nephrologist, and see a renal dietitian to discuss diet management to s- help slow the progression of chronic kidney disease and to pre- preserve your function. Yes, <laughs> I can't talk today. Um, stage 3B is moderate to severe loss of kidney function. You might have possible changes in urination, swelling and weakness, fatigue, muscle cramping, and itchy skin. This is where you'll start seeing the sign. Unfortunately, by that time, it can be considered too late. Stage 4 is severe loss of kidney function. You may experience anemia, loss of appetite, uh, sometimes bone disease, high phosphorus and calcium levels. You're going to want to see the doctor uh, nephrologist and the renal dietitian and discuss um, treatment options and the best route for your um, blood labs like what to do and how often to check them and whatnot and start um, education on dialysis and like which dialysis you want which access you want because there's different types um, to you know sue everybody's comfortability thing I want to preface is that ask your doctor or ask your dietitian, renal dietitian specifically about getting a renal vitamin. A lot of patients actually don't know about renal vitamins, which I found very interesting. I had to ask about it. And, um, you know, with TikTok, a lot of people either know, found out about it through like someone else saying it, but it's not something that's relatively highlighted. And I don't think you necessarily have to be an end stage to even get a renal vitamin because it's going to help you overall. So definitely ask about that, guys. You know, Gabby's mentioned, you know, try to preserve your function. Please try to preserve your function. I did want to interject really quickly. You're completely right, though, like about the renal... um I don't. I can't tell you how many years I was on dialysis before anybody even told me about like, are you on a renal vitamin? And I'm like, no. What the fuck is a renal vitamin? Like, what do you mean another medicine? Like, you've got to be kidding me. Um, so, but one thing I do want to express, like, take a minute and express this right here. And I didn't realize this until my mom actually told this to me, is that this is already a difficult time. And you're in one sense, like I was talking to Naya, you're going from you know, one extreme to the other, you were able to be, to live free and do what you want. And now that you have kidney disease or you're getting, you know, diagnosed with kidney disease, it's a, um, kind of like a, a culture shock almost like you're going from one extreme to the other. So you're just going to want to have as much support as you can and take the time that you need to grieve. This is grieving. It is technically the loss of a life. So I just want to, you know, make sure that you understand that that's very important. Just really quickly, sorry to backpack on that. I 100% agree with Gabby. Obviously, we had a discussion off podcast, but um, it's a big life adjustment. Even if you're not on dialysis yet, you know, you're going to... A caregiver, too. Yeah, caregivers, too. Have a friend. It's it's a life adjustment for anything. So it's something that, like go through the motions and everything like that but um with this episode being in march national kidney month just before we continue just here's a little positive reinforcement don't give up keep going push forward life is worth it no matter what kind of life we're living so as hard as it may be keep 
pushing and be super proactive in your health as best as you can. Ask those questions. Be a pain in the butt if you have to. Get second opinions and just keep pushing. And I was telling Gabby, just keep swimming. Just keep swimming. Exactly like Dory. So just just please guys keep faith keep going you are strong you are able you are capable so keep going on all right gabby do your thing actually adding on back to that i've noticed on kidney groups a lot of people and i felt this way at once too so i'm not here to judge anybody but like people think their life is over but i promise you it seems like that but it's not in the beginning because it's all new it's all confusing and it's scary and i think you're kind of frozen with fear that you don't want to do anything because you don't want to mess anything up but once you get a routine going and you start you know realizing what's going on you're talking with your doctors there's certain dialysis accesses that you can go out and live your normal life and come home and dialyze or you know do whatever but or even you know go in center and do your thing there's ways that you can still live your life you can still go in the ocean you can still go swimming you can still take a shower you can still do everything you just have to you know you just have to ask the right questions and get comfortable moving on so the fifth stage and the final stage of kidney disease is end-stage renal disease or esrd kidney failure or close to kidney failure see a nephrologist and dietitian to discuss treatment options also contact your insurance provider to see about your coverage options and when you're ready to learn and involve yourself as much as you can about thriving on dialysis and keeping an active lifestyle if you're working find out about your rights and how to balance or work or treatment if you don't feel like you can work on dialysis you do um, immediately qualify for you know disability so I don't know a lot of you'd be surprised a lot of people don't know that because I guess like normally the process with disability to like go and apply you have to apply you have to get lawyers you have to see doctors but with end-stage renal like you just show your dialysis hospital documents and like oh you're good obviously dialysis and end stage I mean it is what it is so it's like you know it is it's still time consuming regardless that's for sure that's true my doctor Jeremy used to tell me we are um high risk patients so I guess that's why um but anywho um but yeah if you're working find out about your rights and how to balance you know life and work and treatment and because it does get to be a little messy and hard sometimes and that's for anybody and everybody but the different treatments for chronic kidney disease is depending on the severity of the patient's chronic kidney disease and the stage that they're at there are a few different options for treatment for those in the beginning with enough function it can be maintained and slow the progression with maintained maintained with lifestyle and diet and some medications. Um, other forms of treatment involve medical procedures for dialysis access sites, such as a CBG chest catheter, um, a graft, or a fistula for hemodialysis in center or either or home hemodialysis as well, whatever your preference is. So hemodialysis in the center is where you go uh, depending on your weight and all that, um, I guess three to five times a week. No, wait. Hemodialysis is where you either do it yourself in your home from five, three to five times a week. Okay, there we go. That's what I was trying to say. Or you can go in center for hemo and that's generally three times a week. Clean your blood of toxins and take off any retained fluid. There's also a catheter that can be placed in your peritoneum for PD dialysis, which is peritoneal dialysis. That tends to be a little less invasive, meaning not using your blood, and it's slower and tends to be going while the patient is sleeping. 
So um, one thing I want to note to add on how sensitive the kidneys are, dude, even like a simple infection like strep can cause kidney issues. So um, yeah, if you let it go too long. Yeah, or probably if you're like resistant to the antibodies and not know it, you might have like it looks cured, but it's probably not. So I bring this up because when I was doing my research as to like what caused my kidneys to go crazy, like there were certain points where I noticed, oh, I had strep. Here's my numbers fluctuating or specific to like the kidneys that I knew to look for. But I'm not saying that happened to me, but I'm just saying. So here's something I found on the CDC. It says post-streptococcal glomerular nephritis. Obviously, that means the infection has then gone to the kidneys and specifically the glomeruli causing the inflammation. So just I'm going to read it really quickly. It's actually a, it's also called PSGN. It's a rare kidney disease that can develop after group A strep infections. Damn. It's a, obviously, it says it's here an inflammatory disease that is thought to be an immune response to an earlier infection. That's super in- intense. And it says here it's basically like as a body's defense system, the immune system is, is fighting it off. So it's going to mistakenly attack healthy body parts that can cause damage. That's insane. But um, how you can get PSGN, it's like there's streptor, scarlet fever, and impetigo, which I want to Google what that is because that's interesting. Oh, it starts with a red itchy sore. Oh. The symptoms of this specifically are dark reddish urine, edema, swelling, decreased urine fatigue. Wow, that's insane. And then there's also protein in the urine hypertension. But yeah, it's it seems to be more common in children than adults, but it's just it just goes to show how how crazy like the kidneys are in terms of the sensitivity. It's National Kidney Month and we want to help spread awareness. We do hope that eventually we'll be able to have people on here who can better explain the um kidneys and how they work you know like a doctor like a nurse i think we did a pretty good job explaining it so we're going to go ahead and list all of these um links that we did our research from you guys can go ahead on there i personally wanted to include like um videos on like sections and things like that but obviously not everyone's like me and loves that stuff so um you guys can go ahead and google it (laughs) yourself but um i just i want to like go ahead and say like you know guys this month is about awareness and education and not the kid not that the kidneys are forgotten but with all our research and having lived it this is becoming like a silent killer for people and it's affecting the young as much as it's affecting the older. So be proactive and a little snippet, like I'm so focused on trying to bring awareness to this and educating people, even if you don't have any inclination about what the kidneys do and you just feel kind of weird, you know, you're told to look for hypertension, you're told to look for stroke symptoms, you know, that kind of thing. So not necessarily your kidneys. So just like for me, I was living with kidney failure for years before like anything happened and I said I went to the doctor you know and as I told Gabby earlier in the episode like I started showing protein in my urine around 2016 or 17 around there and um, my doctor said to eat more egg whites (laughs) like really dude knowing now you're not supposed to have protein um and I had the swelling I had the edema I gained 30 pounds in one year due to fluid overload and my doctor was like, oh, you don't look like 300 pounds. What's your parents build? And I'm like, I don't know. But the thing, too, I was telling my husband the other day, I was like, my weight fluctuated so much. I think that's why I also didn't tell. 
because I would feel light in the morning at the night at the end of the day I'd feel so bloated I'd feel like a little Michelin person like just volley polioli like roam me around basically <laughs> I just picture the big hero six guy Exactly, that's how I felt. <laughs> so, um, you know, I don't want what happened to me to happen to others because had I known, I would have obviously done the lifestyle. People could say, oh, you should have changed your lifestyle beforehand. But my lifestyle wasn't a crazy one in that sense. Like, I wasn't, like, doing things necessarily to, like, not be healthy. So, um, and that's the, like, the crazy thing is that I had access to healthcare. <laughs> like, I had access and like I was failed failed yeah I was freaking failed but enough about me guys my whole point is that for me personally like this whole podcast is to bring awareness and um, to show that to bring that education and go ahead and keep on fighting keep on going Um, and just anyone dealing with some sort of illness just keep keep at it keep going keep pushing forward so that's my two cents on on everything it's true what you said though um this is actually becoming a huge epidemic in our country and it needs to get under control and you know if we can do that by pre-screening people which I see that they're trying to work on now um, that's one of the things we're talking about when I go to DC is to make it more accessible to have people screened for kidney disease so um I started volunteering with American Association of Kidney Patients, which um, they're located down over by Tampa General. If you're a kidney patient or um, related to a kidney patient in any way, whether you're a caregiver or a friend, you are more than welcome to uh, sign up and become a ambassador. And what we do is there, there are all different kinds of events throughout the year. There's the kidney walk, there's the um, AKP fun walk that they do. And um, we're just trying to bring awareness to kidney patients and kidney disease. Um, so what I do with them every year, um, we go to it's actually this is the first time since COVID it's going to be in person so I'm really excited um so what we do is we go to DC and we all meet together and breakfast and talk about um what we're going to be talking about that day and we get all of our papers and our folders with the information that we're going to present and then we go to Congress and we're all split up by our different um like where we are and in terms of the map so like southern states are florida georgia and whatever other states that i think it's usually just florida and georgia in my group but and then we go and talk to the congressional members of congress and you know talk to them about our story and how can our story um relate to what we're talking about and how can they help us um i don't know if that's a good way of wording it but um, basically, you, we have a topic that we're that we go and we, we're planning on discussing, and we have the paperwork and the facts to back that up to show them. And we just try to relate our personal story to it and share them so that they can get um, a visual. And by sharing that information, we're in hopes of creating bills that we can get um, both parties, so bipartisan parties, to sign in terms so for example the last time um i went we were talking about the living um donor bill about how before living donors you know they had 
not that they didn't have any rights, but um, fun fact, if you donated your kidney, that can be a cause for um, some insurance companies to deny you to take you on for health insurance. So it would just prevent things like that and um, actually protect your job because, um, you know, when you donate a kidney, you have to be out of work for four weeks. So it protects your job. Um, we also advocated on the uh, bill for the medications um, because Medicare only covers the transplant pa- patients' meds up to three years. So I actually went to D.C. and advocated that um, Medicare covers that for the life of the transplant because the, 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 the people's stories that I heard that they got their transplants and it only lasted them two to three years because that's how long their medicines were covered for and then they had to start rationing out their medicines like it shouldn't be like that if you're gonna get a kidney and that's the thing to me is like it's it's so crazy that they're willing to pay you know hundreds of thousands of dollars for surgery for you to lose it years later because you can't afford the medicines Mm -hmm. so um but yeah that's just a little insight on what i do (laughs) you're like you're setting someone up to just go through all of that get the kidney and then not be able to get medicines and speaking of medicines um i've been recently transplanted and i'm going through all these medicine dosage changes therefore i get i have tons of extra medicine that i don't need and i'm like what do i do with this because knowing for what gabby just said and mentioned like people can use this you know, they could use, like, the Prograft, the Celsept. doesn't mean necessarily, like, I know doctors use that if, like, you have autoimmune issues, too. Um, but that's something that, like, I am baffled by. And one thing I wanted to mention and I'm doing a little bit more research on is, um, like, pharmacies like GoodRx, uh, the one from Mark Cuban. I always forget it. I think the marketing sucks for that name because, like, <laughs> I would just call it the Cuban Pharmacy or something like that to remember it. But... Um, looking for these ways to get your medicine at a you know better rate and that's that I have multiple insurances as of now and um, you know and thank god I'm not I don't have to pay an enormous copay but um, there's so many people who don't have that and the fact is that like it's just it's insane so you know one thing that's that's really important a lot of people don't know that either you know about the medicine too like you're not told like that your Medicare is going to run out in three years. You're not told, like... Because, of, because the hospitals are concerned about money. Not all hospitals, but a majority of them. But there's a lot that goes unsaid with between the patients and transplant and all that. Yeah, and it's a given. Medicine is a business like everything else. Pharmacology is and pharmacies like it's a it's a business as well but you know we'll have those discussions at a later date but you know i want to go ahead and um leave with my final thoughts guys just happy national kidney month be aware be proactive whether it's kidney disease or not whether you feel something going on in your body that's not necessarily normal go get it checked out and you know if you don't have health insurance a volunteer medical center you can go and get discounted health care um be proactive in yourself and always physically, physically, mentally, health-wise. Just keep at it and take care of yourself, guys. Happy National Kidney Month once again. And with that, on what Naya says, um, if you do feel something's off or you want to get checked or whatever, you can now actually purchase labs at um, Quest, and you do not need a doctor's order. So as long as you know what tests you need, you can go purchase that, get it done, and it's literally the results are idiot proof they like color code and everything so you can tell and you can even bring that into your doctor happy national kidney month and i hope you guys 
Enjoy your day. Thank you for listening.